Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This podcast brought to you by Die Bomb with a brand new promo code. Yep, no more, uh, no more of the old one. The new one is BHP ten. BHP ten is in Big Honker Podcast ten, all in big letter or big. What do you call that? All in caps. All caps. All caps. Get get with the times, Jeff. Yeah. Use the promo code at divebombindustries.com. It will save you 10% off of your entire purchase. They've got every kind of silhouette that you can imagine. They've got Canada, Specs, Snows, Pigeons, Pintails, Mallards. they got socks to go along with everything, Cranes if you're into that sort of thing. Fill up your shopping cart. The season is actually a lot closer than what you think. Yep. We're not that far away. Use the promo code BHP10. It will save you 10% off of your purchase all caps at divebombindustries.com that's it this show is also brought to you by boss shot shells direct to your door bismuth is back in style just takes one just takes one you're not having you know if you're a good shot like i am one shot (laughs) killed dead no more uh running after cripples and all that other fun stuff stone cold killing them dead is what it is with one shot that's it boss shot shells.com we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners are a necessity if you are a duck hunter. Lucky Duck has spinners. If you're a predator hunter, they've also got you covered there. Uh, turkey season just wrapped up, but hey, never too early to buy your uh, your next turkey decoy. So go to LuckyDuck.com and you can get those spinners for this next coming season. They've also got pigeon spinners. So every, I guess everybody's shooting pigeon pigeons. spinners will be awesome for the dove. For the dove, eh? For the do- pigeon spinners will be same shooting the do- over the doves. Ooh, look at there, multi-purpose. So go to LuckyDuck.com. They've got all of your spinning wing decoy needs. We're also brought to you by Seven Thirty Seven Duck Calls. The boys from Oklahoma make a mean duck call, a screamer. Get the old number one. It's a single read. I'm a single read kind of guy. I don't know about you, Jeff, but it's what I like. The old number one. Made in America, made in Oklahoma, shipped directly to your door. No big box stores to compete driving up those prices. It's a rock bottom price. Seven thirty seven. Made by great guys, great duck call, great product. Look them up. Get your duck call. Get your lanyard full of, of 737s. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. Also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Light up the world. Great for bow fishing, great for hunting, great for just your, uh, in your pickup. You need some lights uh, off-roading, four-wheeling, whatever it is, Sea Light LEDs, the best Sea light, Lights out there. Are the best lights out there. Best LED lights out best there. Best LED. It's 2019. There's no sense in running around in the dark. Technology's too good. They've got it figured out. Competitive price. Sea light LEDs is the way to go. That way you're not fiddling around in the dark. Also, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine at its finest. Chris is a good friend of ours. 
great client, also figured out how to make a hell of a wine. He's truly living the dream. He he loves what he does. Drinks wine every day, almost like uh, if you're a wine if you're a wine enthusiast and you get to make wine and do that every day, probably like being a hunter and getting to hunt every day. WilliamandChrisWines.com. They'll also ship it to your door. It's summertime. Summertime. It's wine drinking time. People. Yes, it is. Finally, last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You can take this one, Jeff. Um, holler at us if you're looking for a corporate dove hunt. Weekdays about all I've got left. I got some weekends left. October. Stanfieldhunting.com. We can take care of you on dove hunt. Got teal season. We're gonna have a lot of teal this year. Yes. Got weekday teal hunts available. You got four guys want to come up and do an inexpensive duck hunt in the morning. Shoot some teal in September. We can do a lodging breakfast and a morning teal hunt. That's Stanfieldhunting.com. Call me for details at nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Okay, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Bailey Christian Felix. Don't know why in the hell he's got three names, but he was a teenager when he set up Facebook, so he's Bailey Christian Felix on Facebook. So by God, he's Bailey Christian Felix on this podcast. Uh, He's a public land hunter out of Minnesota, and uh, really enjoyed talking to him. We talk about the Minnesota lifestyle, Minnesota winters, Minnesota hunting. Minnesota's a great place. Love it. So uh, anyway, here he is. Bailey Christian Felix. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast on the first fucking hot day of the year at the Big Honker Lodge in Knox City, Texas. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. 92 is all it says, by the way. It feels like it's 136 outside. It's all the uh, humidity. I'm not used to it. Well, fuck it rains every day here now. On the line with us today, we have a special guest. I don't know how special he is, but he is a guest. Very special. Bailey... Christian Felix from Gilbert, Minnesota. Bailey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good today. Can't complain. Luckily, it's not as hot up here as down there. What's with the three fucking names now? I mean, uh, that's just my middle name. I don't know. When I first made Facebook back in high school or whatever, I guess I decided to put my middle name in there and I got it, I guess. You do, because I've always. Stands wanted, out. Yeah. So I, I'll call you Bailey Christian, so I sound like I'm. I'm, we're good buddies now. Now you live in Gilbert, you live in Gilbert, Minnesota, which is around Evelynth, and that's around the Virginia area, correct? Yep, yep. Up on the Iron Range up here. I've spent some time up there in my life. There's a little town. Is Brit Brit, Minnesota, is pretty close, right? Yeah, that's like uh, about 15 miles north of here. Is there a Rat Lake over there? Yep, there is. I I had a buddy of mine that um, I, I knew a guy, a good friend of mine was friends, met a girl in law school who was from Britt, Minnesota, and her dad was a doctor, Dr. Perlina, and he, he was a doctor in Virginia. And we stayed with him two summers for about, a, was, one time it was in summer, one time it was almost early fall, and we went to Boundary Waters and stuff. That's some beautiful country where you live. Yeah, it is. You can't complain. I mean, you got 100 lakes within probably 30 miles from there, so lots of fishing to get done. 
Now, do you duck hunt on them lakes? Are those all public hunting lakes? Yeah, pretty much every lake up here has a public access. There's like one or two where you have to know somebody on the lake to get into, but it's not that hard to do at all. What do you mean you got to know somebody to get in? Um, like there's a lake probably like 10 miles from here and they have no public access. It's all private access. Get onto them. You have to be a member of like the lake association or whatever or know somebody with the land to get onto it. But the water, but the water itself is public. You just got to have access to yep. it. Yep, exactly. You can get on it. You can do whatever you want out there. I got gotcha. you. How's the duck hunting on it? Is it ducks mainly, uh, or do you do goose on these on these ponds? We we do just duck hunting on the lakes. We do all of our goose hunting up here in the field. But it, I mean, there's some good lakes, some bad lakes. We have a lot of lakes up here that have wild rice on them. So if you can find a lake in that, you can learn to find ducks pretty pretty easily. And the more rice, the more ducks. Yeah, obviously. What uh, what what what's your main species that you get? Mallards? Uh, we've actually threw very little mallards. We threw a lot of divers, a lot of ringbills, a lot of redheads. They're a lot of fun to shoot, I assume. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're fast little guys, so and then they dive like crazy after you shoot them. See that water slot them a few times and all that good stuff, but. How deep is it's the water? Um, there's a lake I quite frequently. It's about eight feet, but then there's some bigger lakes that go through where you'll set up. Like there's an private island. My buddy has a duck blind on that we like to hunt quite a bit. And there's spots, depends on the wind. You'll set up one side will be 10 feet. The other side will be like 30 feet. Hmm. So you're not waiting out there to throw, you're not, you're not throwing, dec- you're not waiting out there to throw decoys or anything. It's all off of no, we usually uh, rig them all up on long lines, have them all tied to each other, and just have one big weight for a line for them. Yeah. When's your duck season open up there? Uh, second weekend of September, usually. The regular duck season opens up the second weekend of September? Oh, I lied. It's actually like the third weekend, I believe. But still, that's awful damn early. Mm-hmm. But fuck, y'all are only like 46 miles from the North Pole up there. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's only uh, ninety, like ninety miles from the Canadian border from here. Now, will you go up in Canada and hunt any? Yeah, I went last year up to Saskatchewan, uh, up by the Cool Lakes. I hunted, and okay. I went up there. I think it was the second weekend of September we went. Uh-huh. And then again this year, I'll be going like the second weekend of September up there to go chase ducks up there before they come down. How was it last year? Uh, right away we went to. What town was it? Regina, Regina, however you like to say it. Regina. And, uh, yeah, we drove there the first day, got our license at Cabela's, did some scouting around there and didn't see shit, so we just kept moving north. And we got to the Quill Lakes and we started finding big pockets of geese. And then the ducks came up, like, the next day, and then we just stayed up by the Quill Lakes and just hammered them for a few days there. Now, was there a lot of pressure there? Because when we were there, uh, there was a TV show, that was at that uh, hotel right right south of the Quill Lakes. Uh, but it seemed like there was a lot of – we just a little bit of driving around. That was where we spent the Canadian Thanksgiving at uh, the Chinese shop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the little bit of driving around that we did around the Quill Lakes, it seemed like there was a lot of, lot of uh, spreads out. Yeah, no, I think we were out by the Quill Lakes for about a week there, and I think we saw two other groups. And we got permission for every field we asked for besides one. They had a group coming up like the next couple of days to hunt. Nice. But we didn't run into anybody. 
any problems you get on land, and we even had guys asking if they wanted to stay at their house and all that stuff, but the guy that asked that, he had, like, a trailer that he built, like, a little house off of it, seemed like, he's like, well, I have a guy that likes to come up here and stay, and you guys could stay in here, and we looked at each other, we're like, yeah, this is like some Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> shit, we're good with the hotel. That's what I was thinking yeah. about, I was like, boy, that sounds like a fucking trick right there. Yeah. Unless, yeah, unless you probably had a, had a pit in the... Pardon? Unless you had a good-looking hot chick with you. It sounds no, like a that's trick. No, that's how they get you, man. They get you with the hot <laughs> chick. I was thinking he was going to have a pit in the back, and he was going to ask you to put the lotion on the skin. Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, uh, goose hunters from years past that are just, like, rotting away down there. Gives you just yeah, enough exactly. to Gives you just enough to make it to the next goose season, and then slowly <laughs> starves you out. Yeah, we had the worst Chinese food I've ever had in my life in that little town. And it was on. It was Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving Day, and I thought about the fucking Christmas story when they had to eat Chinese food. Cause it was the only place open, and sure Horrible. enough, it was the only place open was a Chinese food. It was bad. God Almighty! What town were you guys at up there? Right it outside it was, it, of Quill Lake. It was right outside of Quill Lake. I think it was on the southeast side, maybe. I'm gonna look it up right now, but it was terrible. But there was a there was a big. I can't remember what TV show it was. Some some waterfowl TV show was there, and they were at they were staying at the uh, hotel. Next to the Chinese shop, fuck! I can't remember. Okay. It was some big tour bus. We were we were in Winard, I think. What? Winyard is the name of Winard. the town. Yeah, Winyard is the name of the town right south of the lake where we were at. Okay. Yeah, I hunted pretty close to there. Yeah, I was over by like the fold. We were there, and I tell you what, I never seen so many fucking shovelers in my life. They were, I guess, <laughs> they were flock. They, I don't know if they winter there because we were there. This was in October. Yep. And there were tens of thousands of shovelers. The, 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 year, the, the year we were there, it was real wet, and there was a lot of places flooded. And hot, real mild. It, it was a real mild winter, and it was it was water. They had flooded all year. They had historic rains, and there was shovelers by the shitload all along this road. And there was a road that went between the two lakes, and the, it rained so much the water was right up to the edge of the lakes. And there was freaking shovelers at the ass and snow goose spreads. Yep. Every, it seemed like every third field had a big snow spread out in it. Huh. What, what? Well, we didn't see for shovelers up there when we were there. It was all mallards and there was more pintails. You could only shoot four pintails a guy when you were up there. And we'd shoot our four pintails and just wait for the mallards to come. It was lots of, lots of fucking pintails. You're, br- you're breaking up just a little bit. Wherever you were earlier was uh, pretty good. You sound, you sound a little better. That's perfect right there. Yep, perfect. Perfect. Um, but yeah, tons of shovelers uh, and lots of, what, what kind of spread did you run up there? Oh, uh, we ran, I think I ran, this was like, right, I didn't know if I liked dive bombs or not, but I still had a decent amount. I think we had 15 dozen dive bombs, uh, and then about five dozen fully flocked avians, and then I didn't have any ducks yet, and I just ran my, like, eight dozen GHG full body mounters. And how'd y'all do? Uh, good. We did shot limits of ducks every day besides one day when the pintails, the only thing we had come in was pintails, so we shot our pintails in a decent bit of mallards we needed like three more mallards to finish and then uh one day we shot a limit of ducks and geese and then shot a few snow geese got a banded rossi when we were up there and uh we jump shot a couple of cranes we didn't have any crane decoys but i bought a couple of them <laughs> about five dozen of those a couple of weeks ago so this time when i go up there i can shoot a bunch of them because them things are so damn tasty is that your first time shooting cranes yeah we we have some cranes around here but like There'll be, like, early goose season, you'll have a couple creams in a field, maybe, but you can't shoot them. So we went up there, and you'd see, like, off from a distance, you'd see a bunch of birds in a field, and you're like, oh, those must be honkers. 
Mm-hmm. And then you get closer, and you're like, holy fuck, is that a bunch of cranes? <laughs> How close did like, you Like, literally, you see... Go pardon? ahead. No, 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 go ahead. But you go up there, and there'd literally be, like, 5,000 cranes in a field, and the next field would have another 5,000, and then, like, it would kind of pitter-patter out until there was just, like, maybe, like, 100 or 200 in a field, but it was just... I've never seen that many times. And then everyone said they're good to shoot, so we jump shot a couple of them, and we ate them, and we're like... Yeah, we need to get some decoys for these fuckers. Yeah. Did y'all try to pass shoot them? Uh, no, we just jump shot them. There was a couple, of, and then there was like this tree line on the field, and the guy's like, yeah, go out there and shoot them. We don't care. So we had two guys in the tree line, and we had one guy push them off towards them, and we shot three. Yeah, they, how, how did you cook them? Oh, my buddy just put them on the grill just like you cook a steak. Yeah. A little bit of seasoning, all medium rare, and they're delicious. Yeah. No, they, they really are good. Uh, my wife did them. How did she do them? Oh, she did them like chicken fried steak. Cut them real thin and kind of pounded them, and okay, breaded them. The only thing it, it took quite a it took quite a while for that blood like kept coming to the surface, and it took a while to cook that out. But other than that, it was really good. I've never had them chicken yeah, fried, but they are. Oh, they fuck a goose tastes like shit. They're good to eat. <laughs> what do you do with all of your birds when you're in Canada? How how long were you um, in Canada this year? I think I was in there for eight days straight, Okay, and we shot, I mean, it was just me and two buddies, and I think we shot like 170-some birds. Do you give them and away? The guy at the, yeah, the guy at the hotel goes, I'm like, yeah, we're here for hunting or whatever, and he's like, oh, nice, and I'm like, uh, he's like, well, what are you guys doing with your birds? And I thought we were just going to put them in cooler and bring them back, and he goes, I'll take every single one of them. Nice. And I go, I go, that's a deal that I ain't going to pass up. Was he uh But I guess. Not to sound racist or anything, was he a Chinese dude or was he a white dude? No, he wasn't. He was a white dude, actually. Right. Huh. I wonder if he was a, a Mennonite, maybe. Are they <laughs> no, Mennonites? Or, like Mennonite. Are they Mennonites or Hutterites up there? There's both. I think they're Hutterites. Hmm. Do they drink? Yeah, I don't know. We didn't run by any colonies. Yeah, he was drinking. He was giving us some beer while we were cleaning birds one day. That's a Hutterite. <laughs> did, you, did you check out any of their chicks <laughs> while you were there? Yeah, we didn't see any chips when we were up there, really. I, I think they're all natural from the um, crotch to the ankles, so you better watch out. be like sleep, oh, I, I sleeping with it. Sasquatch. So you just... That's how they are up here, too. Oh, shit. Ugh. Not good. So the girls up there don't shave? Uh, just in the winter months, so September to March. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Oh. I can't imagine rubbing some girl's thighs and she goes, oh, God dang. Mm. You know what I've seen on Facebook? That's a trend now. People, women, these like celebrity types, aren't shaving their armpits anymore. I'm glad your mom's not a celebrity. Mm. Oh, yeah. I can think of a couple of them that are like that. Oh, there's, just, no. there's that shit crazy chicks out there, that's for sure. My my Ugh. my wife waxes her armpits, but to do that, you have to let it grow for a little bit. And oh. I'm just like, oh, oh, you need you need to do that asap. Oh, like as, like as soon as you can grab it with the wax, you need to go ahead and do if it. If Jesse ever come to the house and she looks like she has Sasquatch in a headlock, I'm goddamn, I'm gonna give her <laughs> shit. Fuck, a woman shouldn't have no hair except for on her eyebrows and on the top of her head. But I mean, if you're gonna wax it, you gotta let it grow out so it's got something to grab onto. Mm. You can't just shave it down because then you can't ever wax it, and then you gotta shave it up like. Every Every day and you it's easier can, just to wax. Y'all's it. generation got robbed of the twelve-year-old erection, which is 
when you'd see a girl in, her, in a bikini or something, and she'd spread her legs or move, and you'd see pubic hair. Boy, when I was a kid, that was big shit right there. What? Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's, That's so gross. I'm going to tell you right now, you ask anybody. There's guys right now that are 60, 50, 70 years old, and they're like, hell yeah, I remember seeing pubes. So gross. You'd see a girl's pubic hair, and you're like, hell yeah, I saw her pussy. No, that's pubic hair. But back in our day, that was the pussy right there. And it's four inches long if you take it. Oh, somebody should be curlies, curlies hanging out of their bikinis. But that was that was the stuff back then days. Oh, I am glad. I am glad we don't live in those. If you'd have seen days. Se- seen Farrah Fawcett's big old bush, you'd have been a happy man back in 1976. I promise you. You think she had a bush in the 70s? Yeah, all women had a bush. Really? Yeah. I can tell you stories about your mom if you want me to. No, that's okay. She's not fair, Fawcett. <laughs> so, she's good looking. Uh, so, so you clean your birds and then you just give them to the fellow that's running the motel. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess at the they said they take them over to the meat processing plant or whatever, and they turn them all into birds for the guy. Nice. So yeah, that they was throw a everything of, together. That was a hell of a deal for him. He probably does that. There's he's probably got more fucking hamburger meat than anybody in Canada. Yeah. Probably. It says it lasts and right around until duck season starts again, and then as soon as they get guys that come, we ask for all their birds. Well, that's because that motherfucker has to eat at that Chinese place down there, and it sucks, <laughs> so it's better off. Well, where we were at, there was an A&W pretty close, and have you had A&W up in Canada? Yeah, and my story there is about the same. We went and got an A&W oh, root man. beer, and they gave me a fucking root beer with no ice in it. And I asked the oh, kid. Oh, I swear that A&W was ten times better than the ones they have in America. Just the seasoning on that stuff was just so good. Did you get, yeah, but I just ordered a drink and they didn't have ice. I was like, can I have oh. a large root beer? And they give me a large root beer with no ice in it. I go, can I have some ice in it? And the kid looked at me like I was fucking stupid. I said, ice, you know, ice. <laughs> like iced tea, huh? The fuck you don't have iced tea up there. I had to beg to get a fucking cup of ice to drink. I don't like drinking shit without ice in it. I didn't, yeah, I realize, I didn't realize that Dairy Queens were different. Yeah, that yeah. When you get outside of Texas, they are. So I've only had Dairy Queen in Texas. I've never gone anywhere else. I thought you know. So I go and order a burger up there, and it's got like it's got like ketchup and mayonnaise and all sorts of stuff. It was it was different than the shit I get here in Texas. And poutine or is it poutini? Poutine. I yep. never, I never can remember. Poutine, uh, gravy, potatoes, and cheese. Yeah, that was a disappointment. Yeah, that was a disappointment at the Dairy Queen. So, ha, ha, yeah, you, it's not as good as everyone says it is. Have you ever had a water burger? No, I haven't. Change your life. Yeah, it's 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 a fucking hamburger. And ain't that other that shit that y'all y'all don't y'all aren't yeah. big in seasonings up north. In what seasonings? Y'all don't like spicy stuff. Or the average person doesn't. I'm not saying everybody up there doesn't, but y'all's food's a lot more bland than our food is. Yeah, my wife likes all that spicy shit, and then I have to get all the mild stuff. I can't handle it. <laughs> Why? So you don't like jalapenos? Oh hell no! She'll make like the best queso in the world, and then she cuts up and puts jalapenos in it. So I got to dig around all that shit. But she loves them. <laughs> I just can't stand them. <laughs> jalapenos aren't even really that hot usually. Uh, no, I can eat them in jalapeno poppers. I can eat jalapenos because uh, they're cream cheese. They're really smooth out the spicy, but I I don't like it. Uh, you, you damn Yankees! Y'all need to learn how to eat better. The, the trick is there's yeah. like a, there's like a vein in that jalapeno. If you get it out, it's not it's not too bad either. A lot of people will like just get the seeds, but they'll leave that big fucking vein in there, and it will light yep. your ass up. Yep, I've noticed eating them before. You have some of them taste just fine, and then you'll someone leaves that vein in there, it's just spicier than hell. <laughs> so, do you ever hunt around the boundary waters? Uh yeah, I went in there one time this last year, but I mean it's 
it's a pretty far trek in there to most parts if you really want to get in there. And, and that was so our, we went in last year. Pardon? Go ahead. Go ahead. We went in last year. We only had to paddle, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And we set up a little diver spread, probably like four or five dozen, with uh, I think only one or two mojos we only had running. And we shot our limit of ringers real quick and got the heck out of there. But there's a couple lakes up there. No one no one really likes to put in the effort to get up there. I know one guy that used to go every year. They go up there for like a weekend, and they shoot ducks in the morning and then fish all afternoon. And we've talked about it. We just haven't done it yet. But for a whole weekend, maybe this year we'll get after it. See, now that sounds fun. You know, you get your guy, you get your guy friends together, you paddle a little bit. Jeff just he doesn't he doesn't want to put forth the effort. He, with that that brown boundary water trip that they went on, he was miserable the whole time. He went into Basswood, didn't you say, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, that that's where he went. Um, he, he had, I don't even call that the boundary water. So you can still use a motor in there. Um, so how much how much do you do any fishing up in the boundary waters? Oh yeah, I do up there. I haven't been up there that much this year because I'm working on the house quite a bit. But I'll probably go. I'm on my nine days off from work right now, so I'll probably go at least once this nine days off. But you can, there's spots you only have to walk in about a mile and then paddle in another two miles, and you can get on some real good fishing up there. Now, what do you do whenever you whenever you walk in? You got to carry your carry your uh, canoe with you on that mile trek? Yep, just throw the canoe on top, and then hope, usually go with at least two guys per canoe, so you each carry half the shit. One guy carries a canoe and maybe a pack on his back or else the rod's in his hand. And then the other guy carries the rest of the shit with the tackle boxes. How heavy is the canoe? Um, I don't have a really nice canoe. I have like a steel one. So maybe it's like 15 to 70 pounds. No, maybe I'm lying. I don't know. They're not that bad. Like you have a nice, like they have like the yokes they're called that go and put on your shoulders when you flip it upside down. Yeah. And as long as you have a nice yoke with good padding or whatever, you can walk a mile pretty easily. So no. it's no big deal walking that mile. Don't 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 let him keep nope. you, Andy. No, hold on. You're lying now because for us southern boys, it's a long fucking trek carrying a canoe. <laughs> those old, those no, Kevlar's are pretty light, aren't they? Pardon? Those Kevlar ones, are they're pretty light. I think it's Kevlar. With the yeah, fire. the uh, Winona uh, canoe is what it's called. Those are with all the real tree humpers like tree humpers <laughs> yeah there's have you heard of ely minnesota i've been there a couple of times mm-hmm. yes good place yeah that's where all the tree humpers live yeah there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of them there but you know there's a restaurant there that has uh walleye parmesan it's awesome i never even heard of that before and that's a damn yeah, good that's a damn good meal it's a, the fancy place on town but yeah eli is fucking minnesota it, it reminds me of a, a cal a colorado hippie town in minnesota yep it is everyone drives a, a subaru they all have a birch bark canoe on top and they uh they're all married to uh the same sex up there <laughs> wonder how wonder town's how, gonna die eventually yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> that's not a very promising uh prospect right there how did everybody end up there like like what uh, makes it the hippie capital of minnesota it don't sound like hippies it sounds like it's the rope sucker center of colorado <laughs> like minnesota the, it's like the access, basically, to, like, all the boundary waters. So all the people that are, like, oh, I don't know, love nature or whatever, yeah. you can get into the boundary waters probably within, like, five miles from there. So right. See, somehow, they all like, go do their, like, I've heard of Boulder, Colorado, that being that way. And I wonder, like, what makes yeah. what makes Boulder the destination of all these? Right now, it's because they can buy pot. Well, you can buy 
pot in all of Colorado. Well, I know, but that's I don't know why. But Min- Ely, Minnesota, is a, is a very picturesque, beautiful area. Maybe I, that's why. I, yep. I, but but all of northern North Minnesota, that the area around Gooseberry Falls from Duluth all the way to Grand Marais. Yep, uh, up the North Shore. Yeah, we stayed at Lutzen Lodge up there one one week, and that's a beautiful area. That that's a pretty place. Yep. I, anybody in the United States in the Midwest that hasn't been up there, anywhere on that western shores of Lake Superior from Duluth. That's some of the prettiest country in the United States. It reminds me a lot of Maine. Just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, but you can get some good fishing right off there too, off of Superior. I, di- I didn't know that uh, Ely was a same-sex town. I'd never thought about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the joke around here is that everyone up in Ely's they're all, they're all lesbians. <laughs> well, I'm a lesbian. God dang, don't hold that against him. <laughs> now, I'm talking about the, the true lesbians. So you, you shoot a lot of divers. Do, do, will you shoot? Yep. A, will you shoot a bufflehead? Yeah, hell yeah. What is it with you guys up north shooting buffalo heads? I'd shoot a buffalo head. Why? Well, up here you got some days yeah. where that's when all you can see is buffalo heads. Yeah. Now, I, don't, I don't knock you guys for doing that. Ringnecks are... If, if it came in, I'd shoot it. Ringnecks are a lot of fun to shoot. Yeah, we shoot a pile of ring bells. Do y'all, do y'all shoot any of the um, old squalls or anything up there? Uh, No, we haven't shot it. Oh, I know one guy that shot one on a Pelican Lake up here, but I think if you can get out to Courier... I think there's some out there, which I'm trying to find some buddies that have balls enough to go out there and hunt it with me one of these days. Where is it at now? On Lake Superior. Oh, on Lake Superior. Actually, you want to go do layout blinds out there? Yeah, we have layout blinds, though. Oof. I said, let's freaking take them out there. Which, or, or, I meant layout boats is what I meant. That's a rough-ass lake, yeah. boy. That's a, that's a dangerous place. Yeah, I was out there last week fishing and. I mean, there was like a, maybe a ten mile per hour breeze. It was it was nice though, and we only had like maybe one foot, two foot rollers going on. But that lake can get dangerous real quick. How is it in the in the lake? Were you in the layout boat fishing, or how did you? Uh, uh well, for fishing, you're saying? Yeah. No. no. Uh, we were running. We were running. No, we were running. Uh, my buddy's seventeen and a half foot one. We were running planer boards and downriggers. But you guys probably don't know what that means. No. Well, well hold on. Hold on, smartass. I do know what that means. I've fished a lot. So <laughs> I've been up there. I know what. How big of waves can your layout boat handle? Like, is a one or uh, two footer? Is that is that a death trap? Would be for me. No, when we, were, when we hunt our layout boats, those are actually pretty sturdy. Like, if birds aren't flying or whatever, we, like, we'll stand up and talk. And seen a couple guys take shits off the side of them. And, <laughs> like, you can't flip them. <laughs> How deep's that water yellow duck hunting on out there? Um, for with layout boats, we've hunted from like the we our shallow lake that we like to hunt is about nine feet with them, and then we've been into like deeper stuff like 30, 40 feet hunting out of them. Where do you put in at when you went fishing at uh, Superior? What do you put in at? Uh, we put in up the we're about nine miles from uh, the lift bridge. I don't remember the name of the landing. Where would that be from Duluth? You're north of Duluth, right? Uh, Yep, that's just up the shore just a little ways. You can still see Duluth from the lake where you're fishing at. So how far is how far is Gooseberry Falls from there? Gooseberry Falls from the shore or from Duluth, I'd probably say it's over an hour, I want to say. I don't know for sure. I haven't been to Gooseberry Falls. Have you been to Betty's Pies right north of Duluth? No, I haven't. Oh, fuck, you got to do that. I got the best strawberry rhubarb pie in America right there. That sounds pretty good. See, I'm a fat boy, so I, I register everything with food in places I've been. But I've had a good time. I've I've spent probably f- five or six different times I've been to the Iron Range for a week or so at a time. And I, I, it's pretty country up there. 
I never really thought much of it as duck hunting is more fishing because those ducks don't seem th- those lakes don't seem to kind of hold the kind of ducks like I'm used to because I'm used to shooting the, the puddle ducks and I can see now they yep. have divers everywhere up there. So when you're in the layout yeah, got- boat, how do you do that? You just you scout from the shore and or do you have a spot that you want to get to? Um, most of the times we'll go out before season or whatever. We'll figure out where the ducks are, like on that shallower lake. But then we've gone to, we've hunted a lot of islands off of this bigger lake that I've hunted. And then we just see where the ducks have been and then we'll just jump in our layout boats and freaking paddle out there and motor over to them or whatever to where we want to be and set up. Do you, uh, did y'all have, when you went to Canada, did you have any trouble getting across the border last year? No, didn't have a problem. There were some guys, there was a guy and gal before us that were real pissed off there in immigration that were just, I don't know what they had. I want to say they had like mace or something in their car and they got stopped and the husband was just madder than hell and his wife. She did something to fuck him over there for sure. <laughs> she talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They stopped and they looked at our gun. We filled all the paperwork and then we were back on the road. There's a picture, Andy, I think, at all them places. Do not let this guy enter. Because, <laughs> you know, he's been kicked out of Canada for one year. Those fucks. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, I mean, that's a place that I'd love to go back to a couple times a year if the wife would let me. Mm, fuck you, Canada. You better go back as much as you can because I'm, I'm predicting that within 10 years we won't be able to go over there and hunt anymore. I just think they're going to shut uh, down the, the Americans with guns coming across. Now, you might be able to go over there and hunt and – do it through somebody like that and get your gun from them and shit. But they're they're getting to be they're a typical fucking liberal. They're they're turning liberal and there's a lot of good people in Canada and I feel sorry for them. But they're outnumbered yeah. like everywhere else. People in Montreal are making the decisions in Toronto for the rest of the country. Well, I heard that they're getting pretty sick of Trudeau or however you say his name, and he's getting voted out of there as soon as the next election comes. From what I've heard. Well, he's just a white version of fucking Obama, so. Yeah, pretty much. Speaking of that, you live in Minnesota. What the fuck is with all y'all's goddamn Muslims running everything up there? That's all down in the cities area. We don't have any of that shit up here at all. But yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, all over the place wearing their little fancy headdresses and all that shit. They said uh, Ohan. I mean, she's basically going to run as long as she wants. She'll she'll have a seat. Yeah, well, I praise God that's not true. All them fucking goat humpers will vote her in every fucking time. Yeah, and there's a lot of them here, that's for sure. That's what I couldn't understand. So many of those states up there that go blue, like Minnesota, I don't know, you know. It's been blue forever, though. I I understand that, but you look at uh, a lot of the, you know, there's some rich hunting up there, but city, the Twin Cities just got you fucked, Yeah, they got you beat. Well, but in all fairness to the Democrats in Minnesota is – that that that's a blue. That was a blue state when Walter Mondale was there, and it was the old fashioned blue. Now the blue yep. is a bunch of liberal fucking whack jobs, and that's that's the problem we get. And then they flush. They put all them Somalians in there. I never been around a Somalian in my life. And me and Tony were in Minneapolis fifteen years ago, and we took a taxi downtown somewhere, and. Fucking was with a guy from Somalia, and I'm thinking, God dang, you come from the fucking desert? You got to be freezing your balls off. It's fucking early March, and about a foot of snow on the ground. It's about 20 below zero was the wind chill. And I'm thinking, motherfucker, you're a long fucking way from a desert here. And they were everywhere, yeah, though. Yeah, they are. They're all over the place down there. And we know, well, Minnesota's been Democrats forever, but that was like the old party. Yes. Especially with all the unions and stuff for up here with all the mines and everything. And yeah. They tell you to, like, vote Democrat and stuff, but... 
all the guys I work with in the lines up here, they're all they're all going Republican now. So. I- I think Trump wins Minnesota next year. He was coming within 18,000 votes last time, and I think he wins it. Now, now you work in the mine. What's the big mine that's up there? In that, that's that's up there. There's a big-ass mine that goes way down in the ground. You can take a tour of it, and I've been in that thing. Uh, you, you went underground, you said? Yes. That would be the uh, Tower Sedan underground mine. What town is that in? That would be in Tower. Okay, makes sense, I guess. That's why they call it. Yeah, right next to Lake Vermilion. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And you go down in the ground about a mile, and they turn the light off, and you see how fucking dark it is, and it's fucking dark. <laughs> that was a tough job back in the day for those people. Oh, yeah. But now up here, all the mining we do is uh, open pit. What's that mean? Strip mining. Yep, strip mining. So there's, like, the mine I work at, uh, I think they said it's – it had a thing on the news the other day. They said it was 10 miles wide, but I think it's only eight. Fuck. And then it's, like, I don't know, maybe a mile, half a mile wide. Or, yeah, tall or whatever you want to say it, and then however many hundreds of feet deep. How 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 deep's the water in there? Because I'm sure it's got a big water pool in it, don't it? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of waters like in the mine right now, but you have pumps going 24 seven. But they'll have they just keep so they'll blast or whatever and dig out all that material. But then they'll have an excavator down there and they'll dig just like one spot deep, and then they'll just put a bunch of big ass pumps in there and pump that water out. So what's your average day like? I mean, you go into the mines and then come out eight hours later no we're uh shift work so we're i work 6 30 to 6 30 you work every day i'm a production truck driver out there so i just drive trucks around get loaded go to the dump or else you go up to like the crusher where they take the uh the actual ore and then they'll process it through all the plants so do you drive one of them big ass fucking dump trucks you see yeah, 240-ton production truck, yep. How tall is that sucker? Uh, the tires on it are 12 feet tall, so <sighs> I think with the box down, I want to say, I might be lying, but I want to say it was like 40 feet or something. It's like driving a house, basically. That's you sit in the second story of your house and put a, a plate in the hand, and that's what it's like driving a production truck. That's How fast that bastard go? Oh, the fastest it goes, six gear, you can get up to about almost 40 miles an hour. Mother, and father. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What's something like that cost? Oh, man, I should know this, but I don't. I want to say it's a few million dollars. Two? Two, two to three, I want to say. I don't know the number off the top of my head. So they're trusting you quite a bit by putting you behind the wheel of that thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have like six weeks of training, or eight weeks of training, but... The trainers, yeah, yeah, really that tough. They just throw you with another driver and be like, "Yeah, just drive around until it's time for them to go home and bring back." <laughs> so, uh, and then they crush the pellets. Do they load them on rail cars and then take them to the to Superior and put them on a ship? Is that how they do that? Yep, that's exactly how it's done. And now they'll be shipping that shit to Pittsburgh area and starting to make steel right here in America again. Yep, Pittsburgh and then uh, Indiana as well. I believe they have a. Uh, another plant there too and how many days do you work how many days do you work there in a row uh, i work uh, in a row without overtime the most i ever work in a row is four days so you have four days and then three days yeah four days day off and then three night shifts oh. and then you have a short weekend which is three days and then you go three days day off four night shifts and then you have nine days off I'm fucking confused. Like so, some again. But what I'm getting at is for your water fouling, you could stack up. Could you like pick up an extra shift and then like stack up your days off to where you had two weeks to hunt or whatever? 
Um, if you use your vacation and stuff and your sweet talk to guys, you're brought your knee pads or you might be able to, but it's, <laughs> it's a little bit harder than that. Cause Ron, when he was a fire, when he was a fireman, he would talk, he would work so many shifts, but then he'd have, well, they worked 24 on and 48 off, but they would swap stick shifts. So dad sometimes would be off for two weeks straight and only miss, right. and not even miss a day and of not work. Not miss a day of work because he, he traded with other people. Now, I didn't know if you yeah. could do that at the, at the mines or not. No, the guys up here in the cities in the county, or I think it's mostly the city, like, you can get your work overtime or whatever, and then you can use it as, like, cop time. Mm-hmm. So you can use the time you work as in, like, paid vacation. And there's guys that you can, I don't know how many hundreds of hours it is, but you can just stack, stockpile a bunch of it up. And then there's guys that don't work October and November. Now, let me ask you this. What's the coldest freaking day you've ever worked outside? Uh, well, before I worked in the lines, I was working on the railroad, and I wanted to do the coldest day. It probably had to be... I don't know, twenty below. Hmm. What's is the wind blowing on that too? Yeah, usually. I mean, the coldest. Like when I was in high school, or whatever, we really didn't get snow days. We got cold days. So if it was below fifty with the wind chill or whatever, you'd get the day off. A friend of mine, a former guide, he talked about the uh, University of Minnesota. I guess they've got tunnels underground. Yep. Where they can walk to. Where it's that way they can walk to class. Yep, uh, so does uh, Bemidji State over in Bemidji. They have, they have a couple of those, too. In Minneapolis, the whole downtown area is connected by... Underground? No, it, they've got walkways that go from one building to the other. They've got shops, yep. and you go, and that's, that's why. Around Nicollet Square. Yeah, the Skyway. And then if you go through tonight, coming back drunk, you can uh, see all the homeless people that live in them. It's pretty neat. I wondered, <laughs> I, I, you know, I wondered about that because... When we were there, it was wintertime, but homeless people, it was a long time ago I did that, and you didn't see the homeless people like you do now. I did see a guy that had fucking Tourette syndrome walking through there, and that was pretty funny to watch him walk behind him for a while. Yeah, that is quite comical. So you, so that's where the homeless stay at? And you walk back from the bars and they're all in there? Yeah. Uh, like when I, when, uh, back in high school, I was in there for state wrestling or whatever, and we run around the skyways causing rockets or whatever and there's be homeless people laying all over the place and like you beg your buddy five bucks to go poke them or whatever and all that <laughs> you did you did wrestling <laughs> yep how were you were you pretty good at it i mean i was decently good i went to college to wrestle and then then they really got serious and wanted you to practice all the time and it was during duck season and i'm like yeah this isn't gonna work for me zach uh my brother, he's he's big into jujitsu now. We were talking the other day. He said, "Yeah, if they had wrestling here, I would I would have done it in high school." I said, "No, you fucking wouldn't have." I said, "It's right in the middle of duck season, and you know you gotta get up, fucking butt crack of dawn to work out." I said, "You, there's no way you'd have done it." Yeah, it was it was fun to do. The only thing I didn't like doing was losing all the weight and all that crap, and not being able to eat during the holidays that much, but. Other than that, it was good. Because when, when, what, what month is it? It's November and December, isn't it? Yeah, it goes it goes all the way until March. The first week of March is usually the state tournament. So you start as soon as football gets done, so like November. Yeah, because I guess the in, the college tournament is in March. But yep. But up here, I mean, duck season's well over by November. Right. 
Well, here, you know, it, that's that's when it's just kicking off here. So, you know, it, yep. it, it would have ran November, December, January, February, March. Ain't no way he'd have done that shit. He well, had too much other stuff yeah, going exactly. on. Why, why doesn't eBay just wrestle at their normal weight? Why do you why do you have to get down so far? What's the reason for that? Because there'll be, like, so most guys say you weigh, during football season or whatever, you weigh 170 pounds. You're going to be wrestling at about 140 pounds because you got all the fat off you and you just muscle and... I don't know, because, I mean, if you stay your same weight, the guy above you dropped 20, 30 pounds to wrestle at that weight, and he's going to just destroy your ass. What, uh, how much weight would you have to cut? Uh, my senior year, I played football at, like, 160, and then the lowest I wrestled that year was 130. How the fuck does a 160-pound guy lose 30 fucking pounds? Uh, just mostly water weight, a ton of it. Like, you can lose, you can lose, like, I'd say today I could probably lose ten pounds in a day, no problem. Just but I mean, you can only do that like one day, right? Yeah, just getting rid of all your water weight, watching what you drink, can't eat a bunch of high carbohydrates and all that stuff, and then you actually have to work out. I uh, I power lifted my senior year, and I I didn't have to cut a lot of weight, like maybe five or eight pounds, and I had a, I'll never forget this. I had a salad <laughs> the night before the tournament. We're driving to the tournament. It's an hour and a half. Well. You know, when you're a kid and you're 17, 18 years old and you're putting nothing but fucking, like, carbohydrates in your body and you switch to just a fucking salad, there's the shit that you have the next day goes through a, a screen door. I remember, I'll never forget it. We leave at 5 o'clock in the morning. We don't make it 30 minutes down the road. And I got to pull into the gas station because I am about to shit all over myself. And I do it and it's just fucking leaf and everything. Just lettuce is all it was. It's horrible. Yeah, that's how it is after you, you cut weight for however long to make it to a tournament or whatever, and then you have a few days off and you just eat a bunch of just junk food, and then mm. the next day you're just wishing you didn't. <sighs> I was wishing I didn't have that salad. Because then, uh, you know, you got you got a, the it's bench press, it's, he- it's squat, and it's deadlift. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to shit all over these poor judges. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something about Bailey, you live in a really cool place, and I, I've been fortunate enough to get up and stay up there. And one of the things I no, last time I noticed when I was up there, we're driving in the road, and there was a fucking outdoor hockey rink. Now, oh yeah, we got we have one in at least every town. Yeah, and you and you're a fat boy from West Texas. You don't see that ever. Mm-hmm. And I drove by, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And the guy was with me. He goes, that's a hockey rink. I'm like, pull the fuck over there. I got to see this some bitch. I'd never seen one before in my life in the outdoors. And I've I skated before at the Galleria Mall, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, saw, and a, I didn't see him just one of them. I saw a couple of them, but I thought, mother, there's a bitch out there ice skating when it's 30 fucking below zero. That's got to be miserable. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, you just keep warm. Most people don't go out when it's that cold, but a lot of the times, like, after you get out of high school or whatever, I'll have guys text me or whatever, or someone will post on Facebook that hockey hockey game tonight, 7 o'clock at so-and-so rink, and then you'll go there and there's, like, 20, 30 guys there really? playing. And then, they also, and then also, if you live on a lake, a lot of people also make a hockey rink out on the lake once it freezes over. They'll pump fresh water out after you skate on it so many times to fill in all the cracks and everything. But, yeah, there's freaking hockey rinks everywhere up here. So what do you do when that many people show up? You just split it 15 and 15? You can't play three yeah, people. Yeah, then you can usually. Fuck, I don't know how many people play hockey. What are they, six on each side starting? Counting the goalie, yeah. But a lot of times when you're playing a pickup game, unless you have two guys that have pads, you usually just maybe you'll play like seven on seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just play, like, bars or whatever. So you'll have to hit the sides of the goal post or the top of the goal post to count as a goal. Yeah. And then what do you do with all that? You, 
you just divide it up? Each team gets seven players or what? Yeah, just divide it up. And if you have more, you'll just sub them in and out like a regular hockey game. So is there fights in these amateur games? Do you all throw down and shit like they used to? Oh, at the amateur games up here? Yeah, is it? Is there fist fights and shit going on? I think he's talking about oh, yeah. your rinks that are that y'all make, that y'all just play at. Oh, the ones we play at. No, I mean, a couple times I got mad at my brother and, like, well, slash him with a hockey stick behind his legs and we get in a fist fight, but not, like, <laughs> the real ones. But, like, they have, like, amateur hockey up here. Like, they call them juniors before. Yes. Well, like, you can play it before you get to college or whatever, but a lot of the towns around here have junior leagues, too. All over the place, and then those guys, those guys will fight, and that's quite fun to watch. Is that? Have you ever seen that movie Slap Shot with Paul Newman? Oh yeah, with the oh yeah, I've seen it. The three twins, the Larson brothers, or whatever they called. Yeah, they're. I don't know if they're from up here or what, but like they'll be at like hockey games and stuff, and like everyone's seen them or whatever. I, I want to say they're from this area. Oh, that's that's one of the best sports movies ever. And they beat the fuck out of each other. It is great. I tell you, hockey, is, <coughs> hockey is just a rough fucking sport. My friend, my buddy Fox, he uh, he played soccer, but he played goalie in soccer. And when he was at this uh, this summer camp in New York, they would do uh, field hockey. Field hockey. Uh, yeah. So he he's sitting. He's playing goalie. You know, he's the only one. You know, he's got a little bit of experience, but he's also got a buddy there that plays real fucking hockey up up in upstate New York. And he's like a 6'5", big beard. I mean, just a fucking burly motherfucker. And they're playing this field hockey, and my buddy Fox is playing goalie, and this guy keeps standing in front of him, and, and he'd kind of block his vision, and boom, the puck would go past him. And, uh, you know, they got a little bit of pads on, nothing crazy. And, and his buddy comes up to him. He's like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, this guy, won't, he won't move. I can't see the ball. I can't see it when it goes past me. He's like, just take your stick and hit him with, hit him in the back of the legs with it, and he'll move. Yep. So, like, he sees it, and the guy comes in front of him again. And, like, my buddy Fox is, like, just kind of tapping his, you know, kind of tapping at him and, like, kind of hitting him a little bit, and the guy's not going anywhere. His buddy – comes up and he's like no fucking hit him like this and he takes that thing and he just flaps him right at the back of the <laughs> knees and that poor guy he said Falk says he fucking hit the ground like a ton of bricks just screaming in agony that guy's like no hit him like this and just poof and just just fucking smoked him what'd you think about st louis winning it all uh, I was, I mean, that's the team I was going for. I mean, like, what is Boston another championship this year? I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Arrogant, arrogant pricks. And I, I guess the Bruins, what, what, that would have been, what, three in a row? Uh, no, they didn't win it last year because the Capitals won it last year, but they've won quite a few in the last how many years or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're just, uh, the little bit I know about hockey. Bruins are just a dynasty. You hear the crickets on this end? I'm not talking at all. Yeah, because I don't yeah, know exactly. fucking shit about hockey. You knew St. Louis won. Hey, I I knew it because I read. I don't. I didn't know nothing about them. I I don't have a clue. Well, I don't either. I don't know yeah. shit about hockey. I think if I ever went to a game, I would probably like it. But I think I would have liked it more in 1980 when them fuckers fought every game. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Are they changing the they rules? They still fight a decent amount. They do. Yeah, like especially during the playoffs or whatever. Say there's a team down, uh, a team's down a couple of games or whatever, and the other team's winning like quite a few goals at the end of the game. I mean, it gets pretty dang chippy real quick. Especially like that Brad Brad Marchand from the Bruins, that little cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, he's a dirty, dirty player. Now are you are now are you guys still uh, bitter uh, at Texas for taking your hockey team? 
I didn't even live here when that happened. So I could give a shit. Not last. a big deal. See, we get all these guides from Minnesota, and they're all fucking stars and blah blah blah. Yeah. Wait, listen. Yeah, I know a lot of guys still love the stars up here, but I mean, I could give a shit less. I I hunted a couple of the, some of the star players, and my favorite one was Shane Churla, and he was a fighter. He was the cooler, whatever it was, or goon or whatever for the stars. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what that motherfucker. He I've seen I've had a lot of guys bigger than him because I've had a lot of NFL guys. But Shane was probably six two, and I bet weighed about two forty maybe. But that motherfucker yep. had had a compound fracture in his fucking ankle, and he hunted with us two days later and was carrying shit to the field. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, God damn, that's got to be. I said, Are you taking a bunch of pain medicine? No, nah, I don't want to get on that shit because I got to play hockey again. And I thought, motherfucker. Yeah. It's- well, one of the guys playing in the. For the Stanley Cup, what's his name? The Daniel Chara or whatever, that big old dude from the Bruins. He had a broken jaw or whatever. His mouth was wired shit. shut and still played like three of the games in the Stanley Cup. The, the, those guys are insane. I mean, fucking broken noses and teeth missing. And I mean, it just, especially like the early days, the early days of hockey. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of those guys, fuck me. No face masks. Missing more teeth than a mask man. Nothing. I mean, and I think the amount of teeth that you were missing kind of was a badge of honor that you would wear if you were missing just a fucking whole side of your mouth. Most of, exactly. And most of the guys that play hockey nowadays are all small town kids from Canada or the Upper Midwest, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of them. I mean, there's quite. A, there's a guy from uh, my hometown that plays for. He played for the North Stars, and then he went to the Penguins, and then he uh, won the Stanley Cup last year with the capitals and then he just got uh traded to uh the flyers over in philly it's a rich kid sport isn't it uh i mean it's sort of is but i mean like up here it's not as bad as like down in like the cities and stuff like they have like certain high schools or whatever they're like private or whatever else there'll be like kids that move into a certain school district so they can play for them and win state titles and all that crap but right yeah we had a kid uh there's a girl from Wichita Falls that married Popeye Jones that used to play for the Mavericks, and her her two boys, well, her one son was like the second pick in the draft, and they lived in Dallas, but they mm-hmm. were rich kids and did it. But a lot of kids are just kids from the Canadian Prairie and the Upper Midwest are just small town kids or good hockey players. Hey, yep, exactly. I mean, when you have ice for nine months out of the year, they'll be skating on it. That's for sure. Yeah, they damn sure don't put it in your drink. Okay, now, <laughs> gonna ask you this: Have you ever went curling? Oh, yeah. Like the guys that won the gold medal for um, the U.S. in the Olympics or whatever, most of those guys are from up here. So you know these guys? Are they just like bar guys and that's something you go do for fun, or do they really get into this shit where they train year-round for it? Oh, no, they get they get into it a lot. Like we have a – our curling rink is like, what, three miles from my house maybe, but they'll have uh, tournaments all the time. They call them bond, bond spiels or however you want to say it. And it's just like a tournament. It's like a lot of those. There'll be like a lot of, I don't know, average teams, like guys like me. And you're going there and you just go there to get drunk or whatever. But there's a, there's a lot of people up here that take it very seriously. And a lot of them go to the Olympics. Like I had a substitute teacher in high school. And he was like, yeah, he was filling in for her teacher for maybe she was pregnant or whatever. But he's like, yeah, I'm not going to be here for the next couple months. I got to go uh, over to China or whatever and be in the Olympics. So then we got to watch the Olympics whenever he got to play. So that's that was a sweet way to get out of some class. Yeah, that's badass. So so are these curling rings, are they like, uh, I mean, is that just where everybody goes to hang out, kind of like a uh, pool hall or a uh, 
bowling hole? Yeah, somewhat. Like, our friends will be curling or whatever, and they have a bar there. So, like, they have, like, the lower deck where you can, like, watch from, like, on the ice. But then they have another spot above it where you can go to, and they have the bar up there, and they have all the windows. You can look out over everyone curling and drink. And, or, yeah, like, everyone from, like, they even have, like, little kids curling tournaments and everything here. Like, it's, like, a quite a big deal up here. Yeah, because if it doesn't have drinking, y'all aren't fucking interested no, exactly. If you can't do it with a beer in one hand, uh, we probably aren't going to do it. Do, do, you, do you do a lot of, is there a lot of gambling going on at these things? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I've, I think I only went to like four or five last year, but there's not, there's no gambling that I'm aware of. We just go to the Indian reservations for that. I'll tell you what, the little, the girls from – I like watching the curling. It's probably my favorite thing on the Olympics, and I think it's one of their most popular things they have. Those fuckers get after it with that squeegee. The, the average guy looks and thinks, well, fuck, I can do that. I can do that easy. And, <laughs> and the girls from England, they they're, they had some hotties on their little team too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not bad to watch at all. No, no. It's, I'm trying to do it, and it's a little bit harder than it looks. But Like when I watch the downhill skiing, I've never sat there and thought, I bet I could do that shit. <laughs> the bobsled. Yeah, exactly. The, the the bobsled deal, I'm thinking, I could drive one of them motherfuckers. I'd crash it, but I, I could do that shit. But curling, I look at it. Yeah, and I, think, I could be the guy steering. <laughs> oh, shit. What, uh, Jeff got, I think Jeff just got a call from Payne, who is uh, finishing up boot camp. So he ran oh, off. Oh, okay. What, uh, no, I'll, I'll finish it with you. Fuck him. We, I don't need him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need him. So whenever you hunt these honkers, you said it, it's just private fields around around town? Yeah, exactly. Like, our biggest field up here that I know of is probably, like, maybe a couple hundred acres, and that's the biggest by far. Most of these fields are, like, 40 to 80 acres where I live, mm-hmm. and we have we have one guy, he uh, runs cattle or whatever. He probably has, like, 200 head, but uh, he has, like, a thousand some acres north of us, and we've been hunting his land for, I don't know, seven years now, maybe 10, quite a while, but, like, we get first dips at everything, and he's like, yeah, just you guys can hunt. In the first few years, it was just us, and then, like, these last years, he lets, like, these little high school kids go out there, but I guess one of the kids drove up into his field last year, and he wasn't too happy about that, so now, hopefully this year, we just get permission for it again. Was it, now, did he tell this kid not to drive in there, or, or does does everybody know you don't drive, or was it wet, and he left ruts? What happened? I don't think he left rough. I think he just drove in there and the guy saw the track. I mean, he's always been don't drive into my field type of guy. But I mean, like, we've never, never been wet. Like, up here, you aren't going to leave ruts really. But he's just one of them anal farmers that says don't drive into the field. You can just walk everything in. So you think you'll be the only ones getting to hunt that field now? Yeah, probably. I mean, we're pretty, pretty close with the guy and, like, we'll go over there around harvesting or whatever. Like, because up here for green, all we have is oats and wheat, basically. I know one farm that has corn, and they just silage it for their dairy cows. But we'll go over there during harvest season, help them put it into the barns or the silos or wherever he's moving it to, and run the auger and stuff for him. How do you how do you hide in these fields? A-frames? Uh, no, just layout lines. Okay. I haven't got on the A-frame train yet. I mean, I had no guy. One of our buddies bought some this last year. And I'm tempted to uh, try it out, but I mean, it just seems seems a little goofy. Do you have? Uh, do these fields have good tree rows and everything? Oh yeah, I mean, every field up here has trees on every side of it. Oh, but yeah. it's hard to hard to work the birds to the edge because, like, we've hit next to like barbed wire fence that has some taller grass or whatever growing next to it, and we've tried working birds to the edge, and they don't like it because, like, our trees up here. 
they're they're tall. They're not just like a right. couple of little right. pencil popples or whatever. So I think that has something to do with it as well. So most of the time when you're scouting these fields, birds are just sitting out in the middle? Yep, out in the middle. They're usually at least 100 yards away from the nearest trees or whatever. Yeah. We hunted a field last year, and this sticks out in my mind, but um, the wind was kind of funky that day for some reason. And uh, Yep. The, anyway, it was a big, big tree row. Um, and most of the time when we're down here, we don't have a huge tree row. We just kind of sit on a fence line and, and more kind of like weeds and stuff. But mm-hmm. for for this day that sticks out in my mind, the trees were big, and I think it was more the trees that were fucking us than the wind being from a weird angle. Because like yeah, you were I saying, think- you know, they'd kind of get there and you'd kind of have their attention, but then at like 100 yards, you would start losing most of the flock, and then you would just get like a couple couple stragglers into the decoys. Yep, exactly. I don't think you're going to run big numbers of geese within, I'd say, 60 yards of the tree line, especially up here. I mean, we have a lot of fox and coyotes and wolves and stuff. So yeah. I think they're just smart enough not to get too close so they can get away if they have a predator coming at them that's next to that stuff, obviously. Now, uh, do you use mostly silhouettes whenever you're hunting around home? Um, No, I haven't got my buddies on board, but I mean, I have. 15 dozen or whatever so i'm trying to talk we can do it but before you before i use dive bombs i think we have 10 dozen fully flocked avians that we use or whatever yeah yeah i remember you saying that dive bombs were just as good i remember you saying you had the 15 dozen from when you went up into canada so i didn't know if that's all that you were using back home or if you were still using full bodies yeah no they we have kind of full bodies but i think i think we could get away with it especially during we only we only hunt geese pretty much we have an early season up here that starts the first weekend of September. Yeah. So we usually grind out for three weekends, and then usually if duck hunting's still crappy, we'll go a few more weekends chasing honkers. But I think the dive bombs are plenty. You don't need all that expensive avian bullshit. No, I, I I think you'll be I think you'll be fine. Just tell your buddies like, listen, we're gonna fucking do it this way one time, and if it doesn't work, then we'll go back to what we're doing. But especially like yeah, early exactly. early in the season when they're still pretty dumb, silhouettes will work just fine. I got no, no reservations about that at all. You'll fucking wear them out, and it'll save on the pickup and cleanup time. Yeah, exactly. I used to shoot them with big foots, and then uh, yeah. keep old flambo shells. So I think yeah. still works with work just fine. Guys, uh, a long time ago, they were shooting them with uh, tires that were cut in half, and they just put them <laughs> out there. So fucking give me a break. Yeah, exactly. I used to have a dozen of those. Super Magnum shells, you know, like the heads on them are like two feet tall. Yeah, we've got them here. Yeah, I killed honkers over that, so. Yeah. And you can kill them over almost anything nowadays. I bet we've shot 50,000 geese over under 747 decoys. We used to hide under them. Yeah, I remember one of my first goose hunters, I think I was about five years old with my dad and his friends, and we had those big old jumbo shells we were hiding under. Now, was your dad a big waterfowl hunter? Is that how you got into it? No, uh, I think my dad doesn't even own a gun anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't hunt. He never got into it. His dad never got into it. I went a couple of times when I was young, and then we kind of moved all over the United States. I lived in South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Missouri, and now Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I moved here. I was about eighth grade, and I had a buddy that liked the duck hunter or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go duck hunting or whatever. And he had two four wheelers. So we each get on a four-wheeler and we drive out to the lake and throw out our few decoys we had and shoot ducks. And we're like, oh, it's fun. And then we eventually got into field hunting geese and now it's just 
pull out, let's travel wherever we can go, go shoot as many waterfall species as we can. Yeah. How many buddies do you have that hunt with you? Oh, geez. Like, we, I have a couple of good buddies that I've been into it for quite a few years, but, like, I probably, up here, I'm one of the guys that have been, like, field hunting a lot more than everybody else, so, like, we'll take, we'll have a buddy that's like, oh, I wouldn't mind going through the time. We'll bring a lot of new guys with us every year, but if I had to say a number, there's probably, I don't know, anywhere from six, six good buddies I hunt with, and then there's just tons of other guys, but we'll usually hunt. Usually it's like we hunt as many as like eight guys every weekend. Right. That's awesome. And it's, it's usually the same bunch of guys every time? Yep, usually. It depends now that we're all on shift work and everything. And it varies a little bit, but usually it's the same eight guys. Or there's a couple other fill-ins that, a couple good bunches of guys that we, we're all really good friends and we all hunt with each other quite a bit. Yeah. That's all. And, and you don't get you don't get the uh, field ducks as much, do you? No, I think I've shot ducks in a field up here maybe like three times. Like first weekend or whatever of duck season. Like early goose season, you'll see them. You'll be like, oh, there's some ducks in this area. I bet you we could throw up a spinner and get them over here. And we've shot like the most we've shot, I feel like we shot like 20 one day or whatever. But right. that's that's not normal. Huh. See, that's just crazy. I figured y'all would get, I figured y'all would be just chock full with ducks in the field. but No, if you go west, like two two hours, I'd say, over by the Bemidji area and stuff, you can get into that. Or if you go down south, probably like three, four hours, you can get into that. But up here, they don't. For some reason, we don't really even have that many mallards up here. But the right. few we do that do go in fields. Like a couple of years ago, we had a field. Last weekend of early goose, we probably had like 500 to 700 mallards using the same field we were hunting. We're like, well, hell yeah, we're coming out here next weekend. We're going to just demolish them. And then we scouted the day before and didn't see a single duck in the entire area. Yeah, ducks today are gone tomorrow. Here's you got to – we we that's our philosophy on that shit. If you got ducks, you better hunt them because they will bounce and move. Yep, exactly. And the worst is you'll have a buddy call you and be like, yeah, I got this sweet spot just going <laughs> with mallards. And yeah. I'm thinking about – it'll be like it'll be like Thursday. I think I'm going to hunt it like Sunday or whatever. I'm like – well, we should just go hunt it tomorrow because the will be gone. Like, no, no, trust me, man. They're going to be there or whatever. I'm like, okay, if we're going Sunday, I ain't coming with you because they probably won't be there. Yeah, that, that's they do that. That's that's our philosophy. And if we got ducks, we we're, hunt them. Some bitches. We're gonna let the we're gonna let them build. We're gonna get more and more in there, and then we'll hunt them on Sunday yeah. when there's a shitload in there. Yeah, exactly. Bite you in the ass every single time. Yeah, exactly. The only thing you let I let sit is honkers. If there's ducks, I'll yeah. go hunt them right away. Yeah, honker. You know those honkers. They'll, they'll be pretty consistent. You can let them let them build, but ducks, you better get after them if you got them. Yeah, you got to get on them right away. Well, Bailey, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. I appreciate you coming on with us. Land of ten thousand yeah, lakes. Living the dream, man. I love talking to people from different parts of the country, and everybody. Well, these things are popular because everybody wants to hear about certain. You know, it's kind of like going somewhere and going riding the country roads around a neighborhood, or going to a town and just driving out in the country. You get to see and hear different things for people that don't ever get. You know, there ain't nobody down south ever seen a fucking hockey ring in the country. Nope. <laughs> but I do. I yeah, really exactly, and that's just another day. I appreciate you coming on with us, my man. Yeah, not a problem. And if you guys come up here and you want to go fishing in the boundary waters, let me know. Absolutely. And I want to get up there September, October and shoot some birds with you. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. You have a good day. God bless you. And thank you for being on here with us. Yep. You guys too. Have a good one. See you, bud.
<clears throat> that's one of the coolest areas. It is the it's, whole the whole Midwest. Well, you, it's it's weird though. Minnesota is completely different. You get north of of outside of the Twin Cities, get north about fifty to seventy miles, and then you're in the backwoods. It's like Maine. Right. That area up there is beautiful. The mountains are pretty. It's it's a it's pretty country and good people. Bar every mile. There's is a bar. Minnesota considered the Midwest? Yeah, I think so. You would consider it the mid, even though it's fucking tip top of the country. I think it's Midwest, but Minnesota is the the upper third of the state is. It's thick, Siberia? thick, thick trees. No, it's thick trees. It's just, it's just be- it's beautiful country. It's I never understood how fucking Ohio is considered Midwest. Well, Do you consider Pennsylvania Midwest? No. East Coast? Yeah. Pennsylvania's East Coast. I would consider it that. Or in the Eastern. See, I just, Ohio, Eastern Ohio seems. Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, that's considered Midwest. I consider the Midwest Nebraska. Don't see, Dakota, I don't South consider. Dakota, I don't. I, I Iowa, don't consider Minnesota. Nebraska's not Midwest. What would you consider it? Great Plains. Fuck, I don't know. It's ain't geography class. What I consider the Midwest. Mid- Nebraska is a hard no. I don't think so. It's a plain cool. state. Well, the, okay, it is a plain state. I'll give you that. There, bam. So what do you can you so you consider the Midwest? Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee. We got to look. No, shit no, up. no, 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 no. I don't consider Kentucky Midwest. What do you consider it? It's southeastern kind of its own, Midwest. Kind of its own so thing. So it's, it's just fucked. Mid-Atlantic. <laughs> the Mid-Atlantic. I think no. that's North Carolina and South Carolina. No. And Virginia. Kentucky. I, when I think of the Midwest, I think of... Indiana. No, I don't. I think of the Dakotas. Yeah, two to there. To the Dakotas. No way. All the way over to the Ohio area. No, you're fucking wrong. Man. Okay, I'm wrong. N- the care. Dakotas are the... Are, are, it's, it's straight north of us, the Dakotas are. It's a plain state, the well, Great Plains. If you look at the United States as a whole, if it's Midwest, it would have to be in the West. Midwest. One would think. One would think. Ohio that is not Midwest. Mid- that's Ohio is mid- middle. That, that goes right back to what I was talking about. Yeah, but when they started calling it the Midwest, fucking Maine was the farthest east, so that, wouldn't, that was West. We are arguing over the stupidest shit right now, and there's a fucking fly driving me crazy. Well, the Dakotas are not a Midwest. Okay. Or a Midwest. I, don't, I don't give a shit. I would rather live in the Dakotas than I would rather than live in Ohio. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Nothing against Ohio. We got a lot of good people from there. But I don't want to – too many fucking people. But you're kind of – you know, you could you could zip over to New York if you wanted to. Ohio's got a lot of upside. You can zip over to New York from North Dakota get on a fucking plane. Yeah, but – You're going to drive to New York City. Eight hours, you can do it. I don't want to. You could. Well, I don't want to. Pittsburgh's not far. Philly's I've not far. I've been to far. Pittsburgh. I didn't lose nothing there. The only reason I'm going to go to Pittsburgh is to have a Permani sandwich or whatever it's called. Permani Brothers. So you may in Pittsburgh listening to this and you send me a Permani Brothers sandwich, I'd really appreciate it. I'd like to try one. I've never – I've been to Pittsburgh. I didn't see nothing there. It's, it's, I like all that stuff because I, I like up north. I wish I lived up north. But I would rather live up north in North Dakota. See, I don't think I would. In that area around Ely, Minnesota, where the butt humpers are, mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful. But I wouldn't want to live there in the fucking wintertime. See, I would rather live Vermont, that route. Nah. More so than North Dakota. North Dakota, those fucking winters, I don't know if I could handle them. You think, what the fuck do you think Vermont is? It's just a lot of snow. You don't get the brutal cold like Shit. You, you might get five feet of snow, but it's not going to get to 40 below. Well, I, you, what the fuck the difference between 20 and 40 below? It's fucking cold. If I had to pick There's trees up, to stop the wind in Vermont. If I had to live anywhere up north, I would live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Anywhere. That's my that would be my dream destination. Yeah. 
if mom got hit by a bus tomorrow, I could move to Green Bay and buy me a real nice house on Lake Superior with all the life insurance I'd collect and not do shit. Imagine how cold that'd be right off the lake. That'd be okay. Ooh. I could come back to, I've got a home in Texas, come back here in the wintertime. Anyways, we've rambled on a lot. Uh, we're going to have some, I've got brand new caps in that are badass, and we will have them up on social media at the end of next week or on the following Monday, and we will have them for sale. July. In July. We'll start, we'll start in July. We won't put them up to then because we're going to be out of pocket, so there won't be nothing shipped. So anyways, that'll be in July.